We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. Welcome to News Today with Dr. June Knight as your host on WITB. This is a WATB disclaimer. Good evening. I want to start off tonight and tell you, Brad, that we have a sale going on at Treehouse Publishers. To celebrate the future birth of Samuel Knight, we're offering 50% off of our remaining jewelry. So go to our website, gotreehouse.org. And you can get these for 50% off. Just type in the promo code Baby Samuel. Okay, I want to show you. Let me get this a little bigger here. Okay, this lady has a very unique perspective. She says integrative health systems plus smart surveillance injectable biosensors all tracked via blockchain ID is how the open air prison will be rolled out. David Feinberg is presenting at the Vatican's Unite to Prevent Conference. This piece from 2018 says it all. And this is according to Forbes magazine. It says, why did Google hire Geisinger, CEO, Dr. David Feinberg. Now, this article is more than two years old. It says, on Thursday, Geisinger Health announced its CEO, Dr. David Feinberg, was leaving to fill a newly creative leadership role at Google, a sure sign the tech giant wants to cash in on the $3.5 trillion healthcare industry. Google is not only the, not the only one. Five of the world's 10 largest companies have announced major health initiatives over the past year, including Amazon, Apple, Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan Chase, and now Apple Incorporated Google, Alphabet Incorporated. Sources close to the Google announcement said Feinberg will report to AI head Jeff Dean, who we're told led a months-long search for the right candidate. According to CNBC's Christina Farr, who first reported on the details of the transition, Feinberg's job will be figuring out how to organize Google's fragmented health initiatives, which overlap among many different businesses many different business. Google isn't new to the healthcare game. Google's interest in consumer health dates back more than a decade. In 2008, it launched Google Health, an attempt to create a repository of health records connecting vital patient information with healthcare providers such as doctors, hospitals, and pharmacies. The vision was ahead of its time. The venture shut down in 2011. More recently, the company doubled down on artificial intelligence through Verily, an entity focused on precision medicine and disease research projects. And last July, Google hired former clinic C- 
Cleveland Clinic CEO, Dr. Toby Cosgrove, as executive advisor to its cloud healthcare and life sciences division, areas of the company that don't appear to overlap with Feinberg's role. So we will see what's going to happen at the Vatican. Okay. I want you to see this commercial for the Leader Summit on Climate Opportunities for Tomorrow that will be held by the Department of State on April 22nd and 23rd. All right, here we go. together and notice the logo all the c's and the broken circle there it is again with the un blue throughout the whole thing now just to let you know brad this is what the world economic forum is planning for all countries so this is the future unlike what president trump is alluding to his followers that is happening this is what's really happening. Okay, here we go. This is according to Israel 365 News. China hit with three blinding dust storms in one month, a biblical sign of God's displeasure. Okay, this is according to Mr. Berkowitz on April 19th of 21. All right, let's see what they show here. Oh, that's just a screenshot. Okay, here it is. Look at that. The dust storms reduce visibility, leading to transport disruptions, hazardous driving conditions, resulted in traffic congestion, and an increase in accidents. Hundreds of flights were delayed at regional airports. The air quality index in Beijing hit a hazardous 999, leading officials to order children, the elderly, and the sick to stay indoors and suggested all others to stop non-essential outdoor activities. The storms were not sandstorms, but were in fact dust storms carrying much smaller particles than travel that travel much further, remain suspended longer, and are more harmful to humans. The concentrations of harmful PM2.5 particles, particulate matter measuring 2.5 micrometers in diameter, which is small enough to penetrate human lungs and enter the bloodstream. 
reached extremes as well. Frequent exposure to PM 2.5 and coarse PM 10, which is 10 micrometers wide and enters deep into the lungs, is tied to cardiovascular and respiratory disease and lung cancer. Huh. Look at this advertisement here. The war on America is connected to Messiah's imminent arrival. What is this? What the farce? What is this? Oh, they want you to sign up with your email. No, thank you. All right, so let's go to the next deal. All right, let's watch the results of Derek Chauvin's uh, found guilty on all charges. Here we go. All right, for the jury. Please be seated. Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 6. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count 1, unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.44 p.m. Signed juror four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person 019. Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Jury number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Jury number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Jury number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Jury number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Jury number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Jury I think since last time he lost. Well, looks like they found him guilty on all uh, cases on all the charges okay let's go to i want to show you something bride that show that i did last night and we showed this woman in her website uh she was one of the speakers at this conference uh that was held in the bible college by the way uh this lady here who i'm assuming is new age because of her connections uh she said that uh this is her website here it's called for united solutions.org okay so she has where she's ecumenical she gathers all the people from all religions together and she uh fights against vaccines okay and so uh she says here religious views for refusing vaccines okay so she has all the different religions uh, views. Let's see what they say for Christian. The Bible teaches that all human life is sacred. The use of human aborted fetuses in the manufacturing and testing of vaccines 
goes against directly against this principle. Well, I would like to add to that. What about the technology involved? Let's see what the Jews say. The Torah commands Jews to guard one's life exceedingly for personal safety. Vaccines have proven risk, thus refusing to vaccine vaccinate falls in line with guarding one's life from danger. Okay, so anyways, what I want to show you, Brad, is a letter that uh, the International Religious Freedom Roundtable, which all of these are probably involved in the roundtable because the roundtable is mixed up with many different religions uh, inside the State Department. So they wrote a letter, and I want to show you this, Brad. They wrote it to President Trump dated February 3rd of 2020. Look at this. All right, let's scroll in here. Recognizing freedom of conscience and religious objections of statehood mandated vaccination and ending the persecution of unvaccinated people of faith. Dear President Trump, we write to you as a group of individuals and organizations who are religious and secular leaders, scholars, human rights advocates, and medical professionals to express our serious concerns over the persecution of people of faith through vaccine mandates for school and daycare attendance. We urge your immediate intervention to prevent and remedy the persecution of people who choose to honor their faith by refusing or foregoing some or all of the vaccinations. Please consider implementing an executive order or other legal means to protect their religious freedom of vaccine choice. Now, I want to show you, Brad, this, and they give different examples where he spoke up and, you know, alluded to the fact that he would be anti-vax, so they show different uh, scenarios. And then, I want to show you this on page three. Okay, let's see here. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights was adopted in '48 after World War II, in response to its medical and ethical horrors. It reads, everyone has a right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. This right includes freedom to change his religion or belief in freedom, either alone or in community with others, and in public or private, to manifest his religion or belief in teaching, practice, worship, and observance. Okay, so then they talk about the UN and the World Health Organization. Okay, government vaccine mandates violate the principles of the Nuremberg Code and the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the Food and Drug Administration, and all other government regulators worldwide lack the science to support their recommended vaccination schedules. Additionally, they are using police power to coerce these schedules upon the population and in so doing are in violation of religious freedom. Okay, so Mr. President, we appreciate that you consistently endorse and enforce the principle and preservation of religious freedom. Boris, we thank you for proclaiming January 16th as Religious Freedom Day and ask that you go one step further and rightfully do everything in your power to protect the vaccine exemptions. So here's the ones that signed. Dr. Shannon Croner, Kevin Berry, firstfreedoms.org. Renee Besson, President Conscience Coalition, James Moody, and then Dr. Robert Schuller. What? Robert Schuller, the biggest deal here. Let me see this. Oh, this is just a deal here. So, anyways, I want to show you this bribe because they sent this to him and nothing got done. He had, at least somebody was standing up for us because the evangelicals were not. At least this group, with all of their mixture in it, with all the different religions, tried to do something to protect the church, which they did all the other religions as well. But this should have come from the evangelicals. The evangelicals should have stood up, stood up more than anybody. But this is why he partnered with them. 
Okay, I want to show you this. Somebody sent this to me. This one of their friends. This was a flyer at their school. LGBTQ heroes. Little Ness, the very one that did the satanic shoes. Okay, it says Little Ness is revolutionary in the music sphere, combining forms of rap and country technique to form cultural hit. Old Town Road, Montero has honed his musical perform platform to combine aspects of unabashed pride and lyrical artisanship, especially in his music videos detailing aspects of futuristic androgyny. His my, he's my hero because of his swagger, his ability to knock down societal barriers and embrace true confidence in style, voice, and content. Little Ness eloquently proclaimed, in life, we hide the parts of ourselves we don't want the world to see, but here we don't. He has organized a new age for the queer musician. Eight disturbing minutes of Lynn Wood at the 2021 Health and Freedom Conference in Tulsa. This is his entire uh, performance. I want you to see this, Brad. They gave me this VIP all access button. Thank you. I'm not a VIP. I'm just one of the children. Here, you take this. Wow. He's not a VIP. Do your research. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from whoever Q is. Learn about yourself. Study about the Illuminati. Study the statistics about child sex trafficking and the number of children that are missing every year in this country and the world. Do your research. Study of about adrenochrome. Educate yourself. Draw your own conclusions, not mine, not cues. Wow. Terrible. That is terrible. Q does not like child sex trafficking. Q does not like the Illuminati. Q does not like satanic worship. Do your homework, draw your own conclusions, and then stand up for the children. Take the fire and the fearlessness of God Almighty and save the little children. That's your job. That's my job. That's God's will for this country. Terrible. Blowing their shofar. Listen to this. You've been very patient and very kind. I told someone, I came here and they said, how did it go? I said, well, so far, I've, I've been talking about God and they've been treating me like I was Elvis. Thank you. Felt kind of good. I told my wonderful people that work with me, I said, remember this. Every once in a while, pinch me. And remind me that it's not about Lynn Wood. You don't really know me. Thank you very much. I am a man of God. I'm not ashamed to say it. But it's not Lynn Wood that you love. I'm a flawed person. I'm imperfect. What you love about Lynn Wood is not Lynn Wood. You love the message of Lynn Wood because I tell you the truth. And you love the truth. God is truth, and truth is God. What a perverted deal. Let Newsweek write about that tomorrow. Let Newsweek say, Lynn Woods making the cue. Here you go, Newsweek. Watch this one. There you go. 
Terrible. I'm not afraid to talk about it. They've accused me of being a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Why? Because they're telling you that I am a bad messenger. They're trying to attack me because they can't attack Q. Because Q is the truth. This is about the children, for God's sakes. This is terrible. What a farce. And blowing shofars. This is what's terrible. Let me pause this. Let me pause this because, Brad, I told you I came from all this. Okay, supposedly, in the days of old, you are supposed to blow the shofar as a prophetic gesture, as a godly gesture. As a way, it's supposed to be sacred is the way I, I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I don't understand what the shofar is to them. Okay. But I know what it used to mean to me and in my faith. This is nothing. I rebuke every last bit of this, Brad. I rebuke it because Q is not God. Q is not telling the truth. He may be having some truths about what's happening out there, but he is not the truth pushing you towards Trump. He is leading you towards the beast is what Q is doing. And this guy up on sacred ground pushing everybody towards Q is horrible. Send it to Hollywood. And all them people shouting him on. Send it to the house of Windsor. Hey, Clay, send it to Bill Gates. Send it to the damn Illuminati. Let them hear the truth. And whatever they do to me, I don't fear them at all. Now all these people are going to start following you. Send it to the politicians, the Clintons, the Obamas, the Bidens, the Bushes. Send it to those people because they are involved in child sex trafficking. It's time to tell the truth to America. What a farce. We live in a time, we live in a time where it's difficult to tell what's real and what's fake. Who's dead and who's alive, who's alive and who's dead, who's our enemy, who's our ally. Who's using us for money or who's using us for God's work. Have discernment, I do. Ask God for it, he'll give it to you. If the Pope is still alive. But when you send it to the Pope, don't ask him to pay for it, because I don't think he's got much money these days. Let the truth pour down on this country. Fill this auditorium with the truth tonight. Terrible. Their days are numbered. Because Almighty God's had enough. I've said to you that this was the second harvest. God's going to bring people to him. It's also been described as the great awakening because you're getting ready to learn that God is real. That's the second harvest. Uh-huh. Go ahead and talk about y'all's great awakening. That just as God is real, the devil is real. And the devil's children are going to be exposed. Every lie will be revealed. They're killing our children. Send them to jail. Put them in front of a firing squad. They are committing acts against humanity. 
the penalty for an act against humanity is death. Take them out. Wow. So now he's calling for the death of all of them. What a farce, bride. I am telling you what. This is what I was telling you about the snake eating the tail. That's a good example. They're trying to make the worst look worse than them. So there you have it. You heard it for yourself. All right, let's go to the next deal. Okay, so the jury has reached a verdict. Let's see what they've got to say. So much was made of the prosecution's uh, saying, but for the knee. He faces up to 40 years behind bars. Now, the judge has a lot of sort of leeway here. He can consider many, many factors, but he faces up to 40 years behind bars, and that'll happen in eight weeks, we believe. And also a tweet like today after the verdict came out from Darnella Frazier. Yeah, Darnella Frazier, she's the one that recorded that video that the world has seen, the video that sort of sparked all of this. She tweeted late tonight after that verdict. She said, George Floyd, we did it. Justice is served. Janela Frazier, just 17 at the time. Alex Perez, our thanks to you. And now Ellen Lopez, also here in Minneapolis. She joins us from outside the courthouse. And Ellen, you were there with the crowds as the verdict was read this afternoon. Just describe that moment and the reaction outside the courthouse for us. Yeah, that's right, Lindsay. So we were outside the courthouse when that verse was read. At the beginning, there was complete silence, and then all of a sudden, there were cheers, a palpable sense of relief outside the courthouse. People were hugging each other, they were crying, and now we've been marching with that group from the courthouse. And the chance that you are hearing not only the name of George Floyd, but also the name of Dante Wright. And a lot of people here are telling us, listen, we are celebrating, but this is just a first step for real change. And that's what we're seeing here as we're stopping. I want you to listen to what some people are saying here as they're cheering. Okay, that just died down. But they've been cheering Black Lives Matter. They've been cheering Say Their Names, cheering George Floyd's name, but also Dante Wright's name. Here you're seeing a poster that says, these are not hashtags, these are names. We will stay for a moment because we see uh, Vice President Kamala Harris right now from the White House. Mr. Floyd's family, for your steadfastness. Today, we feel a sigh of relief. Still, it cannot take away the pain. A measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice. This verdict brings us a step closer and the fact is, we still have work to do. We still must reform the system. Last summer, together with Senator Cory Booker and Representative Karen Bass, I introduced the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. This bill would hold law enforcement accountable and help build trust between law enforcement and our communities. This bill is part of George Floyd's legacy. The President and I will continue to urge the Senate to pass this legislation, not as a panacea for every problem, but as a start. This work is long overdue. America has a long history of systemic racism. Black Americans and black men in particular have been treated throughout the course of our history as less than human. Black men are fathers and brothers and sons and uncles and grandfathers and friends and neighbors. Their lives must be valued in our education system, in our healthcare system, in our housing system, in our economic system, in our criminal justice system, in our nation, full stop. Because of smartphones, so many Americans have now seen the racial injustice that black Americans have known for generations. The racial injustice that we have fought for generations, that my parents protested in the 1960s, that millions of us, Americans of every race, protested last summer. Here's the truth about racial injustice. 
It is not just a black America problem or a people of color problem. It is a problem for every American. It is keeping us from fulfilling the promise of liberty and justice for all. And it is holding our nation back from realizing our full potential. We are all a part of George Floyd's legacy. And our job now is to honor it and to honor him. Thank you. And now it is my great honor to introduce the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Today, a jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts to the murder of George Floyd last May. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the Vice President just referred to. There was systemic racism that's a stain on our nation's soul. <clears throat> the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans. Profound fear and trauma. The pain and the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. The murder of George Floyd launched a summer of protest we hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the 60s. Protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose. Say enough, enough, enough of this senseless killings. Today, today's verdict is a step forward. I just spoke with the governor of Minnesota to thank me for the close work with his team. I also spoke with George Floyd's family again. A remarkable family of extraordinary courage. Nothing can ever bring their brother, their father back. But this can be a giant step forward in the march toward justice in America. Let's also be clear that such a verdict is also much too rare. For so many people, it seems like it took a unique and extraordinary convergence of factors. A brave young woman with a smartphone camera, a crowd that was traumatized, traumatized witnesses, a murder that lasts almost 10 minutes in broad daylight for only the whole world to see, officers, standing up and testifying against a fellow officer instead of just closing ranks, which should be commended. A jury who heard the evidence, carried out their civic duty in the midst of an extraordinary moment, under extraordinary pressure. For so many, it feels like it took all of that for the judicial system to deliver a just just basic accountability. We saw how traumatic and exhausting just watching the trial was for so many people. Think about it, those of you listening. Think about how traumatic it was for you. You weren't there, you didn't know any of the people. But it was difficult, especially for the witnesses who had to relive that day. It's a trauma. On top, of the fear so many people of color live with every day when they go to sleep at night and pray for the safety of themselves and their loved ones. Again, as we saw in this trial from the fellow police officers who testified, most men and women who wear the badge serve their communities honorably. But those few who fail to meet that standard must be held accountable, and they were today. One was, no one should be above the law, 
And today's verdict sends that message, but it's not enough. We can't stop here. In order to deliver real change and reform, we can and we must do more to reduce the likelihood that tragedies like this will ever happen and occur again. To ensure the black and brown people or anyone so they don't fear the interactions with law enforcement. That they don't have to wake up knowing that they can lose their very life in the course of just living their life. They don't have to worry about whether their sons or daughters will come home after a grocery store run, or just walking down the street or driving a car, or playing in the park, or just sleeping at home. And this takes acknowledging and confronting head on systemic racism and the racial disparities that exist in policing and in our criminal justice system more broadly. You know, state and local government and law enforcement needs to step up, but so does the federal government. That's why I've appointed the leadership of the Justice Department that I have. No, Lord. It is fully committed to restoring trust between law enforcement and the community they are sworn to serve and protect. I have complete confidence in the Attorney General, General Garland's leadership and commitment. I've also nominated two key Justice Department nominees, Lenita Gupta and Kristen Clark, for Emily Qualify. I still, Brad, I still cannot uh, get away from the coincidence, basically, of today at the World Economic Forum having the uh, drones and medicine delivery conference. And I believe that in the very near future, in the police realm, we're going to see a lot more drones and a lot more robots, don't you? Okay, let's go to the next deal. Um, UK explores its own digital currency amid Bitcoin's wild swings. As digital currencies like Bitcoin continue to captivate investors and the world's largest corporations, the Bank of England announced Monday that it will set up a joint task force. This is dated April 19th. Joint task force with UK Treasury to explore the potential issuance of its own central bank digital currency. Central bank digital currencies use much of the same technology that underpins popular cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, but they are controlled by one central player rather than a decentralized group of users. Okay, Brad, remember I was teaching you about the circular economy. This is it. Remember I was teaching you about how they're making everything central and then they're pushing away decentralized. They want everything central in the middle. That means they aren't subject to the wild price swings common in the decentralized cryptocurrency market. Bitcoin lost $300 billion in market value last weekend alone. Proponents of central bank digital currencies say they have the potential to make payments faster, cheaper, and more secure when compared with days-long settlement processes at banks. The Bank of England said it has not yet made decision about whether to issue a digital currency in the United Kingdom and plans to explore the benefits, risk, and practicalities of doing so. The United Kingdom is only the latest country to join a global push to develop a viable central bank digital currency. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said earlier this year that the United States is looking carefully, very carefully, at the question of whether we should issue a digital dollar. Last month, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde said the ECB could launch a digital currency within four years if the institution decides to proceed with the project, according to Bloomberg. China is also investing heavily in government digital currency and could be ready to test that currency at the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. So it's coming, Brad. All right, look at this. All recognizable and killed 
two men. ABC 13 has reached out to the company for answers. This happened on Hammock Dunes Place, just west of the Woodlands. Our Jeff Feeling joins us in the studio. And Jeff, investigators say no one was actually behind the wheel. That's what they're saying at this point. Authorities say the men in the car had just dropped off their wives at a home in spring. And then they took that car out on a test drive. Not long later, the call started coming in to 911. The call is pretty advised that they did hear a boom and now they see a fire in the woods approximately 20 to 30 feet tall. And that fire raged for four full hours. It required rescue workers to use about 30,000 gallons of water to eventually put the fire out because we're told the battery just kept reigniting. But once the fire was put out, investigators found one person in the passenger seat of this Tesla Model S, another person in the back seat. But authorities say there was no one actually in the driver's seat of the car. Right now, officials are trying to contact Tesla to see what exactly was happening with this 2019 Model S in the moments before the car left the road and then hit a tree and burst into flames. The vehicle was said to be traveling at a high rate of speed. Now, we spoke with the local Tesla club about the driving assistance technology that comes with these cars, and those owners tell us that the vehicle will not even start if there isn't a person in the driver's seat. You know, you're warned when you pick up your Tesla that this is just a driving assistance uh, system. It's not, it doesn't drive yourself yet. That That's the goal, that eventually they will be able to drive themselves. Okay, now let me pause here because uh, that's how my car is. Uh, it's driver assisted. So what that is, is when you get in, you have to have your foot on the brake and you have to push the button to start it. And you have to be in the driver's seat because it can drive on its own, but only for like a minute. Uh, you know, it's like in case somebody falls asleep, it'll kind of take it for you. Uh, and it does have sensors, so it keeps you on the road. Uh, so I don't know how he could have got in the passenger side unless he jumped over and let the car go. Is the only thing I can think of. I don't know, but... I guess we'll find out about this because they said that he this is impossible for it to just take off and drive itself, but we'll see. Okay, this is according to InsideClimateNews.org. As the climate crisis grows, a movement gathers to make ecocide an international crime against the environment. International lawyers, environmentalists, and a growing number of world leaders say ecocide Widespread destruction of the environment would serve as a moral red line for the planet. This is dated April 7th of 2021. The fifth crime first in a continuing series with NBC News about the campaign to make ecocide an international crime. In 1948, after Nazi Germany exterminated millions of Jews and other minorities during World War II, the United Nations adopted a convention establishing a new crime so heinous it demanded collective action. Genocide, the nations declared, was condemned by the civilized world and justified intervention in the affairs of sovereign states. Now, a small but growing number of world leaders, including Pope Francis and French President Emmanuel Macron, have begun citing an offense they say poses a similar threat to humanity and remains beyond the reach of existing legal conventions ecocide or widespread destruction of the environment. The Pope describes ecocide as the massive contamination of air, land, and water or any action capable of producing an ecological disaster and has proposed making it a sin for Catholics. The pontiff has also endorsed a campaign by environmental activists and legal scholars to make ecocide the fifth crime before the International Criminal Court in The Hague as a legal deterrent to the kinds of far-reaching environmental damage that are driving mass extinction, ecological collapse, and climate change. The monumental step, which faces a long road of global debate, would mean political leaders and corporate executives could face charges and imprisonment for ecocidal acts. So, I can believe it because we are headed towards that movie Demolition Man. That's where they get charged for every little thing against 
the climate. Okay, China turns on nuclear-powered artificial sun. This is according to economictimes.com. This is dated December 4th of 2020. Beijing, China, successfully powered up its artificial sun nuclear fusion reactor for the first time. State media reported Friday marketing a great advance in the country's nuclear power research capabilities. The HL2M Tokamak reactor is China's largest and most advanced nuclear fusion experimental research device, and scientists hope that the device can potentially unlock a powerful clean energy source. It uses a powerful magnetic field to fuse hot plasma and can reach temperatures of over 150 million degrees, according to People's Daily, approximately 10 times hotter than the core of the sun. Located in southwestern Sihan province and completed here last year, completed last year, the reactor is often called an artificial sun on account of the enormous heat and power it produces. The development of nuclear fusion energy is not only a way to solve China's strategic energy needs, but also has great significance for the future sustainable development of China's energy and national economy. Chinese scientists, okay, I think I actually have a video on this. Let's check this out. Among the biggest challenges that China faces, and to counter that, it has commissioned its super powerful nuclear fusion reactor research facility called HL2M Tokamak. Given that it operates at a temperature 10 times more than the sun, it has been dubbed China's artificial sun. The artificial sun is China's new generation and most advanced nuclear fusion reactor that was powered for the first time on Friday. China is one of the world's largest economies and is heavily reliant on industries making it the world's largest contributor to carbon dioxide emissions. In 2018, the country produced 0.06 billion metric tons of the greenhouse gas according to a global carbon project data released in October this year. To significantly decrease its carbon emissions, the country is relying on this nuclear reactor to produce limitless clean energy. The Tokamak operates at 150 million degrees Celsius and uses the nuclear fusion process just as in the sun and this method is considered the holy grail of energy. HL2M is China's largest artificial sun with the best parameter, Zhu Min, director of the institute, told Xinhua News Agency. The sun produces energy using hydrogen and deuterium gases as fuels to the fusion process. In nuclear fusion, atomic nuclei are merged or fused to create massive amounts of energy. The amount of fusion energy a reactor is able to produce is directly proportional to the number of fusion reactions taking place in its core. The larger the vessel, the more is the potential to produce fusion energy as the volume of... Well, what do you think about that, Brian? Are we treading on dangerous territory or what? Okay, look at this. Talking about dangerous territory. Otters test positive for COVID-19. This is on foxnews.com. Staff tested the otters for coronavirus based on clinical signs. And this is just one day ago. The Georgia Aquarium announced on Sunday that its Asian small-clawed otters tested positive for COVID-19. While it was unclear how many of the animals had tested positive, officials said in a news release that the otters are already showing signs of improvement and are expected to make a full recovery. Our Asian small-clawed clawed otters are under very close monitoring by veterinarians and animal care team members. Dr. Tanya Klaus says, Vice President of Animal and Environmental Health at Georgia Aquarium said in news release, they have displayed only mild symptoms and we expect them all to fully recover. Oh my goodness. 
Trans billionaire warns Tennessee that she'll move her wealth if it doesn't stop hurtful anti-trans attacks. This is dated April 19th. This is according to Pink News out of the UK. Jennifer Pritzker, the world's first and only trans billionaire, has said she will consider moving her wealth out of Tennessee because of new anti-LGBT state laws. Pritzker is the only trans person ever included in the Forbes billionaire list with a net worth estimated at $2 billion. She's an ex-U.S. Army lieutenant colonel and a member of one of the wealthiest families in the U.S. who founded the Hyatt Hotel Group. Her private family trust is currently held in Nashville, Tennessee, but she has threatened to move it due to ongoing attacks on LGBT rights in the state. In March, Tennessee passed a bill banning trans girls from playing middle and high school sports as their correct gender. State Governor Bill Lee stated that the move aimed to preserve women's athletics and ensure fair competition. Other ongoing legislative attacks in the state include attempts to ban LGBT-inclusive textbooks in schools, allowing parents to opt their children out of LGBT-inclusive curriculum, and restrict trans health care for under 18. Bill Lee also signed a bill in 2019 which allowed adoption providers to discriminate against LGBT people. Jennifer Pritzker told the Nashville LGBT Chamber of Commerce, as a transgender woman, these unnecessary and hurtful laws are personal to me. So there you have it. Okay, this is huge, they say. Mariko County was given $3 million of Zuckerbucks before election, but no one knows who received it and what it was used for. This is according to Gateway Pundit. Uh, this is dated April 19th. Where did the millions go? Mariko County, Arizona, one of the largest counties in the nation, received $3 million in Zuckerbucks from a Democrat nonprofit before the election. No one knows who accepted or where it went. In addition to repeatedly sabotaging attempts to, by the Arizona Senate to implement an accurate, transparent, and forecast forensic adult audit of Marika Poe's 2020 election, which is set to annually begin on April 22nd. The Mariko County Board of Supervisors also repeatedly violated the change of custody of the 2.1 million ballots from the 2020 election, which this board is legally responsible for safeguarding. So we will keep our eye on that. All right, so Biden prayed today for the right verdict in the Chauvin trial. President Joe Biden said Tuesday that he is praying the verdict is the right verdict in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin and that he believed the case, which has gone to the jury and put the nation on edge, to be overwhelming. Biden, ahead of a meeting with lawmakers in the Oval Office, told reporters that he was only weighing in on the trial into the death of George Floyd, who died with Chauvin's knee in his neck because the jury in the case had been sequestered. He confirmed that he called Floyd's family on Monday to offer prayers and said he can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they are feeling. They're a good family and they're calling for peace and tranquility no matter what the verdict is, Biden said. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which we know they turned around and made it all guilty. All right, bride. Well, this is all I have for you tonight, and I will see you tomorrow. This is your White House correspondent, Dr. June Knight. God bless. Author and White House correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries, 
her books are about the Bride of Christ. Preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride, Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation, days, and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. Explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions. Exposes the one world religion agenda. Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda. This book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment. Where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American quad books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. Jews' books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book, please go to treehousepublishers.com.